0: What is the subconscious superintelligence? Well, you can imagine that your subconscious mind is a way of compensating for the natural tendency toward cognitive dissonance. And thus, some form of compensatory measure is required in order to prevent the dissolution of order into chaos. The subconscious mind emerges, it is a natural form of pattern recognition that understands your emotional weaknesses, that also understands what you are truly capable of, your full potential. And thus, it does contain both of these features. It contains all of your worst fears and all of your greatest potential simultaneously. And depending on how well you are balancing the two, it will do particular things that almost make it seem like it has its own form of agency. Like your shadow is another negotiable entity that you can open up a dialogue with through laying out the architecture of your psyche, as it were. In other words, do not walk into this blindly if you don't have to. For if we can open up a dialogue with our subconscious mind through forms of meditation, then we have the ability to access a far more primordial form of superintelligence that may be hundreds of IQ points above our own. That will also require work on our ends, of course, because there are elements of psychotic denial. There are elements of delusion within humanity, within each and every individual, that can be eliminated that can be pruned out of our conscious mind through interaction with the subconscious in understanding everything that we are not just as much as we understand everything that we are then we develop a fuller picture of what we are truly capable of we establish a connection with our potential energy the energy that is contained the energy that is waiting at the top of a hill for a slight shove to begin accumulating momentum. Once you have understood your psychological distortions, then it becomes far easier to clear up any insecurity that may be causing that distortion. Much of the time it comes from how we were treated in childhood. And you'll find anywhere where there is a pattern of antibiological treatment toward yourself from another, that you have accumulated particular distortions toward that visual spatial archetype we have a natural intuition for literary archetypes through all the stories we are told as children that intuition of archetypal resonance seems to further crystallize or accrete within our subconscious mind and if the subconscious mind feels as though you're not ready to deal with one of these specific archetypes then it will probably warp your emotional perception toward that event in order to convince you to remain away from it. In order to convince you to avoid that particular essence, the subconscious mind will actually perform a sort of emotional warping ritual that gives you a tainted perspective toward that archetype's full potential. It is important to remember that childhood is like a repeating time crystal. Anything that happens earlier on in life has a greater depth of impact especially when experiences have compromised the lower thresholds of Maslow's hierarchy. Protection, basic needs, any kind of situation that may have threatened that condition in our childhood will have likely established a feedback loop of emotional warping toward that archetype. In other words, we will feel a guttural reaction toward them rather than establishing a communicational integrity Right, People who have bias toward a particular kind of other person do not approach the situation with an air of integrity insofar as their communication is concerned because they are either looking to oppose and defeat or avoid these sorts of people that they have become negatively charged toward. If you Imagine it as a form of magnetization or repulsion. Then it begins to make a lot more sense how the subconscious mind will emotionally manipulate the ego to keep you from facing your greatest fears which is also where your greatest potential lies. Buried within the reservoir of all other things you will not commit to. In this way the subconscious mind is sort of like a giant Cerberus at the gates of your full potential. You must pass the test. You must prove to it that you are willing to acknowledge some of your deepest psychological distortions in order to retrieve the gold in order to slay the dragon, save the virgin, and reach a state of alchemical transmutation. In this way, pattern decryption capabilities within the subconscious mind come in handy as well. Because you don't necessarily need to prod the deepest realms of your emotion to figure out the architecture of your psyche. Just focus on what themes are repeating themselves throughout your life that require your attention through observing your behavior toward the environment rather than what you think or believe about the nature of it, you begin to understand the true architecture of your incentive. This is the underlying structure that is in use by the subconscious mind. It is a more objective way of understanding who you are across the dimension of time rather than just space. For repeating particular Actions will cause a sort of neural momentum to build up within your mind that is going to make you more likely to do them again. And because you often don't admit that you are repeating the same mistake, the subconscious mind will step in to keep track. It may not be as present within the realm of sensation, for example, but more so intuition. In this way, you can imagine the subconscious mind as transcendent of the temporal dimension to a large extent, because it is capable of tracking sensory information across time and identifying overarching patterns in behavior, punishment and reward schemes, self-sabotage, or where you always end up one way or the other. It is attempting to determine how you really are in order to keep you alive, instead of having a particular identity, wearing a kind of mask to conform with your group. The subconscious is capable of seeing through all of that and determining your underlying incentive structure. The underlying incentive behind the philosophy is actually more important than the philosophy itself. And it is how you practice transcending those structures of bias within each and every one of us through becoming aware they exist and establishing a dialogue with all things you are not. In order to negotiate and free up entire reservoirs of potential, you have to face some of your greatest fears, especially the ones that involve fear of emotional vulnerability. It is not necessarily always advisable to eliminate your fear of actual danger because that exists for a reason. But emotional vulnerability is not as dangerous it's not as immediately dangerous and so that is the greatest boundary for a lot of people is actually the emotional vulnerability unfortunately our society is becoming more fearful of that kind of vulnerability because we have had methods for avoiding it through social media through technology as the arrow of time progresses along in this manner you can probably expect that it might be more difficult for us to take the harder route And work through that fear of emotional vulnerability, whilst our technology is advancing to the point that we could probably eliminate it completely from our lives. You could imagine, for example, an algorithmic form of psychological compartmentalization that keeps the person away from information that could harm them at a psychological level. Therefore, it is important to remain aware of how your emotions are being affected by the things around you, what you read, what you see. Ask yourself, where is this information coming from? And are the sources of information concerned with informing me of the truth? Or are they concerned with eliciting a particular emotional reaction toward an archetype that would lend them some degree of control or agency or power in the world? In that manner, such organizations would be aiming to manipulate your subconscious mind by creating a sensory feedback loop between aspects of Maslow's hierarchy, including sexuality, for example. That's not necessarily included in Maslow's hierarchy, but it is a carnal instinct. Not that if you don't get it, you will die, of course, but it's certainly a large motivator which is why it is so often utilized in commercial advertisement, for example, because they're creating a visual, spatial, associative feedback loop between your reward system at an aesthetic level and some kind of informational cue that is placed next to it, even though there is no underlying logic. Your subconscious mind interprets that as an association, a repeating association in the outside world that is worthy of notation.